did you get more wood? Oh yeah. You are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blast Burn Radio. I am your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me today, as always, are our scrappy friends, our battle-ready co-hosts, Celeste and Messer Engine. Uh, thank you for joining me today, guys. How are you doing? I don't want to be scrappy, dude. That's that's all I can think of when you say scrappy. He was always the most annoying character on Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Puppy power. Oh, don't. I'm going to be thinking about that all fucking day now. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Miss? I am simultaneously amazing and terrible. It's it's been such an interesting week. I told you guys last week that I had a promotion coming through uh, for Mythic Portal that I couldn't talk about last week, and I can this week. I on Tuesday uh, it got unveiled publicly that we have a partnership with Power VTT, which is a virtual tabletop. Uh, with some really cool uh, features and some real a really great map editor and we're a part of their subscription plan so when you subscribe to power vtt you get the entire mythic portal collection for your 9.99 so like over six thousand plus assets and growing every month which is super exciting uh to have happen and at the same time on the same day my oil light came on in my car uh, and I have a hole in my oil pan, so I need to get the whole thing replaced. Uh, I need a new, oh, what is the word I'm looking for? My brain's not working. Uh, anyways, I, I need car work done, and it's like 500 to $600 worth of car work. So uh, it has been both simultaneously amazing and terrible at the same time. <laughs> In case you guys at home could not tell from the fact that we sit down weekly to do a podcast about Pokemon, we are not exactly what you would generally refer to as car guys. <laughs> no. And, and it's really funny because I've been talking about this all week because people are like, where's your car? Because it's like it's in the shop. And it's just late. And my brain can't process any of the words that were important to the, the car trauma that my dear Honda Fit is currently suffering. How the fuck do you drive a Honda Fit in the frozen wilds of Maine? Very carefully. <laughs> uh, actually, it's not as bad in the snow as you might think. Uh, and I am really, really tall. I'm like almost six foot five. So there's very few cars that aren't SUVs trucks or minivans that i can actually fit in uh quick funny story the very first car uh that i ever went to go buy um i went to go sit in it to test drive it and i could not sit in it even with the seat all the way back i couldn't fit and that's when i was like probably 50 pounds lighter (laughs) so uh yeah being tall uh, really sucks when you're buying a car but I fit in the fit, and it's one of the reasons why I drive it. You, you know, Mess, we've been friends for years, 
And like you're one of my closest friends in the entire world, but we still haven't actually had the opportunity to like meet up and hang out face to face. And when we finally do, I am going to feel like the fucking Samwise to your Boromir because you've got like a fucking foot on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that my wife is five foot one, right? Oh, Jesus Christ. I would make some really off-color jokes, but this is a show about <laughs> Pokemans. <laughs> so that's enough of that. Celeste, how are you doing, hon? How was your week this week? Well, the segue into um, meeting each other, um, I just found out from my fiance that we are being offered a venue for our wedding for free. So our wedding is going to be happening a lot sooner than we thought. Um, that is fucking dope. Congratulations. A shorter amount of time to feel n- nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so our wedding is going to be in March, uh, specifically the weekend of March 18th, I believe. And that'll be out of state for us even in Tennessee at a farm. So like three months to scramble and get everything ready? Pretty much. But the venue is free, so it, it'll hopefully be worth it, I hope. <laughs> yeah, you know... As somebody who's who got married fairly recently, um, like three years ago now, um, it's great. It ha- doing your wedding your way is great, and doing it on a budget that you're comfortable with is the best feeling. Because I know a lot of people who they spend a ton of money on their wedding and they start their lives together like officially on paper in debt, and. That's the money that could be going to a house. It could be going to better enhancing your lives. And I'm not saying have a, a cheap wedding. Just set a number that you're comfortable with and find a way to work within that budget, give or take X amount of dollars. And it will be awesome. Yeah, That's what we're planning to do. We're not going to do a super traditional wedding because it's just way too much money. We were looking at the Cincinnati Zoo as being a possible option. But the catering itself ended up being like $4,000 for 100 people. And we have a lot of people wanting to come to our wedding. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I was like, nope. Yeah, that's a lot. So we're probably just going to end up grilling out at that uh, farm and doing it that way. And it'll save a lot of money in the long run. I think for our wedding, we, on everything total, like photography, the venue, food you know, favors, invitations, like all that stuff. We we came in just short of $7,000, which sounds like a lot, but for weddings, it's really not. That's about what we spent too, but that was also the year that we bought our house. So yeah, that was not a, a fun bullet to bite. Yeah, that's that's our next big thing. Um, finally got my, the rest, rest of the week, I finally got my medical debt for my surgery completely squared away, which is really good. That always feels good paying off debt, not owing people stuff. It's completely liberating. Yeah, not only that, they decided to uh, be nice and write off some of it for me, and I double-checked with them and double-checked the legality of it, because it just seemed weird to me that they were offering that. I've never had a medical provider just, like, say, oh, we'll just take off $2,000 here and not worry about it, and like, what? And, yeah, apparently it can be done. 
So, as someone who works in a medical field, the thing to remember with that is is that providers mark up the cost of their services as much as humanly possible because they know that insurance companies are fucking horse traders and they're just going to bicker and, and dicker them down to their absolute bottom dollar. So they mark it up as high on the front end as humanly possible so that that bottom dollar is still enough. Um, so yeah, when when cost is actually going to you, the patient, as opposed to your insurance company, they're much more forgiving and willing to work with you because they don't want to dicker the shit out of you. They want to get the insurance company because insurance companies are assholes. And that has been medical billing with Jolly. <laughs> so those are my two positive things for the week. Beyond that, work has been absolutely crazy. I've been getting out of work two hours late every single day this week, pretty much. Yeah, so I normally get off at 3 p.m. Instead, I'm working 7 to 5 p.m., and it's not been fun. That's terrible. You're hourly, at least, right? Like, you're getting paid for that shit. Nope, salary. Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> you Just know, everything's breaking. Neither of us have kids at Christmas time, but uh, Jolly does, so I'm sure his December has been just a barrel full of joy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's having little kids around the holidays is really an experience. Like it's it's amazing because, you know, that's really that's who the holidays are for. Like Christmas is great. I love Christmas. I always have. But it's not for me anymore as a 31-year-old man. Um, granted, I'm doing a show about Pokemon, so I'm pretty good at taking things that are not meant for me as a 31-year-old man and saying, fuck you, that's mine. But <laughs> with, wow. with Christmas, that legitimately belongs to the kids. And so it's really kind of cool to have kids of my own and be able to share that with them and make it awesome for them. But it's also fucking exhausting. Uh, thankfully, no one is sick this week. Everyone got over the colds that we were all suffering from last week. So... That's been nice, at least, although my little one was kind of barfy today, so we'll see if that holds. I might have just jinxed the shit out of myself. Um, but yeah, we've been very busy with decorating and gift shopping and, and all of that stuff. You know, our kids are still little enough that we're still trying to set our family traditions and figure out what family traditions we want to hold. Like, I just got into a, a fairly... I mean, I mean, fairly civil, but a, a fairly large argument with my wife today over fucking Elf on a Shelf. If you had told me that the goddamn Elf on a Shelf was ever going to be a, a, a an arguing point of our marriage, I would have rolled my eyes at you. But here the fuck we are because of the, the magic of children. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's I mean, it's it's really cool and it's a great experience, but I'm very ready for a return to normalcy. I'm ready to get through it. And, and get back to to life and business as normal. Um, I completed the main story of my Ultra Moon playthrough this week, uh, which is fucking dope. Uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers, but I will say that I really felt that the climax of the story, which is you know basically the entirety of Pony Island, the fourth island, and then the little bit beyond in the main story, really turned it around for me personally. Uh, the resolution felt much more satisfying this time around, so that was really cool. Uh, I haven't touched any of the post game yet so i have not done the team rainbow rocket storyline uh, i'm currently actually soft resetting my game over and over forever for a shiny poi pole which is ub adhesive the little purple guy i am currently at close to 1200 soft resets in and considering that gift pokemon are full odds shinies which is one in 4096 uh it could be a while <laughs> but it looks really really cool in a shiny sprite so i'm really looking forward to snagging that yeah that's a lot of soft resets 
Yeah, it's it's mindless. My biggest fear is that because it's so mindless that I'm going to get the shiny and soft reset over it. Like, that would be just fucking terrible. <laughs> I would cry myself to sleep. <laughs> I've done that but before yeah. in other games. Yeah, that's the worst. Um, but no, it's just talk to the guy, see that it's normal, hit the three buttons to soft reset over and over while I'm watching fucking anime or some shit. That's That's been my, my Pokemon life for the week. All right, guys, so that's what we've been up to. But, of course, we want to find out what is going on in the world of Pokemon. And so that means that it is time for our Poke News segment. Do it right this week, damn it. <sighs> okay, okay, hold on. I got I to gotta brace myself. I got to prep. Here is the Poke News. The Poke News. I think that was the best Poke News jingle we've ever done. Good job. <laughs> it really, it really was like I didn't just like fucking go ham with it, and yeah, no, that was that was good, that was solid. <laughs> okay, so just a couple of brief reminders to you listeners at home, a couple of callbacks to last week's episode. Um, remember that the second global challenge in Pokemon Ultra Sun Ultra Moon starts in just a few days on December the twelfth. Uh, trainers are challenged to have fun mantine surfing and collectively no. gather. <laughs> you will have fun mantine surfing, Messer Engine. Uh, we are ch- co- collectively challenged to gather 2 million BP in rewards from Mantine Surfing. Uh, don't forget to sign up in the Festival Plaza to have your progress counted towards this shared goal. Uh, do a bunch of Mantine Surfing if you really want to contribute, or just do it once or twice if you just want to make sure that you get the reward like uh, a lazy asshole bum like Messer Engine's probably going to do. Um <laughs> And don't forget to link your cartridge to the global link to double your personal reward, whether we succeed or we fail. So, yeah, free FC. Who doesn't want that? You totally know how that's going to go. Someone's going to be like, I got first. I got second. And I'll be like, I got participation. (laughs) Yeah. And again, that's really important to remember with really all of these things that that Game Freak does with the Pokemon games is for the most part, like you can participate very minimally and still get rewarded pretty heavily. So it's usually in your best interest to do so. And speaking of being of participating very minimally and getting rewarded very heavily, uh, as we discussed last week, the first global link tournament of Ultra Sun Ultra Moon is fast approaching specifically the Johto X Alola online competition, which kicks off on December 15th and registration is currently open right now. Uh, now this, This tournament takes place in the doubles battle format and all Pokemon native to Alola or Johto are legal barring certain legendaries and mythics. That complete list is available online. Uh, All participants who complete at least one battle over the three day period that this tournament will be active will be rewarded with 50 BP in game. So it is definitely worth your time. Takes just a few minutes to sign up. Be sure to head over to the global link website to sign up for that. Uh, And the signups are open through 1214 the day before the the tournament starts. Now, the sign-up process can be a little overwhelming or intimidating for someone who's never done it before, uh, but don't be stressed out about it. We've got your back. Uh, if you're not sure where exactly to go or what exactly to do, check out the sign-up link, which is going to be in the show notes of today's episode of the podcast, and it'll provide you with detailed instructions. We got your backs. Yeah. Now, the big piece of Poke News this week is definitely on the Pokemon Go front. So, as always, I will defer to Messer Engine, who is our special Pokemon Go consultant, and let him provide coverage for the big new thing in Pokemon Go. 
Yeah, new stuff. Pokemon Go, lots of new stuff. So back in Halloween, when we were having the Halloween event, we started to see some spooky friends from Gen 3. And at that time, I told you that I suspected, based off of what had been found in the code, that the rest of Gen 3 would be coming in time for the holidays. And guess what? I was totally right. So uh, Niantic uh, just released Gen 3, but it looks like they're doing it in pieces. So we got 50 new Pokemon uh, this week, which includes the starters uh, and some of the more iconic uh Pokemon, but they're probably going to just parse this out over the course of the year to make sure they have stuff for people to do, which is kind of a bummer, but I kind of understand why they do it as well. Uh, one of the other, in my opinion, really big things that came up with this is weather. So, uh, as you know, if you play Pokemon, weather has an impact on uh, moves and like all kinds of crazy stuff. And now, real life weather real earth weather is in pokemon go so if it's snowing like it is right here on your pokemon go app it'll be snowing and the snow impacts what kind of pokemon show up so like i was logged in today and it said hey it's snowing you're gonna see more ice and steel pokemon which is totally batshit crazy and awesome uh there's uh, a bunch of different weather statuses there's clear and sunny cloudy foggy rainy snowy and windy so if you're wondering what that means what each group means clear and sunny will give you more grass ground and fire pokemon uh cloudy is fairy fighting and poison foggy is dark and ghost rainy is water electric and bug snowy is ice and steel as i just mentioned and windy is dragon flying and psychic so it's it's actually kind of neat when these Pokemon that are influenced by weather show up on the map. They have a, a more clear like s swirling icon or circle around them, so you know that they were generated by the weather, uh, and they give you more Stardust when that happens. Um, the weather also impacts moves, just like it does in games. So if you know it's a sunny day. Uh, that fire damage is going to be higher. That's true of your Pokemon. It's true of your Pokemon in the gym, if you leave them there. Um, and it's true when you're raiding. It's also true for the raid boss. So keep that in mind. Uh, the developers also added something, which has been requested a whole bunch, the ability to build actual battle parties. So that when you go to a gym, you're like, oh shit, there's a bunch of water Pokemon here. I need electric. You don't have to search for your whole like stable of Pokemon to build that team. You can just build it ahead of time and have it saved. You can name it. It's very, very useful for raiding in particular. We also got a quality of life change in the fact that charge buttons are now a thing. So when you were battling before, you'd build up to your charge move and then you'd have to like press your finger down. You have to hold it down to activate the move, which is not intuitive in any way. Now it's just a button. You build it up and then you hit the button and you do your super move, which is fantastic. Um, because we got 50 new Pokemon, they gave us for free 50 more spaces uh, in our stable. So you don't have to go buy backpack upgrades to handle the new Pokemon that you're getting, which is really nice of them. Um, a lot of people suspect that we're going to see some uh, more of Gen 3 uh, during the Christmas event. On the loading screen in particular, you'll notice that uh, the present that is used in the move, what is it? Is it actually called present, uh, Jolly, in Pokemon? The Delibird 
gift. God, I I don't remember if it's present or gift or what the fuck it is. But yeah, the one where De- Deadly Bird throws a fucking box at you. Yeah, I don't there, talk about there's it. one on the loading screen behind the Christmas tree. So a lot of people are like, oh man, we're going to get Deadly Bird for Christmas. Uh, which may, may be true. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they were going to do that. So that's all the stuff that's going on there. They made some changes too in terms of uh, move availability. Like a, a big one, if you do a lot of gyms and a lot of raiding, is that Vaporeon has been a force since the game was released because it's like main move is Water Gun and it's just, it's faster. It's a faster buildup so that you can hydro pump more often. And as a result, Gyarados just wasn't as good as it should be. Well, now it has uh, Waterfall as its build move. And it does, on average, more damage than Water Gun, and it's a fast move. So Gyarados just, like, moved to the top of the, oh, shit, it's a, it's a water Pokemon list. So a bunch of people are going to be unhappy, a bunch of people are going to be happy, but lots of stuff going on and Go. This is probably the biggest update I think that they've done addressing Pokemon quality of life stuff and all kinds of interesting things. Uh, and just just in time for us here at Blastburn Radio to be looking ahead towards series three in like a month and a half two months so that's really exciting too that is super exciting and i gotta say as as someone who doesn't play very much go at all um from the outside looking in the the weather system looks really really cool and interesting and adds like a new facet to you know oh i really need a lot of ice type pokemon it's snowing outside i better go out and play some pokemon go which is actually also kind of terrifying when you think about it because that's when it's the least safe to be out walking or driving and looking at your fucking phone you're you're absolutely right and my phone warned me about that today it was snowing and when i went to go check the weather they were like it's fucking snowing this is a winter weather warning in effect be the fuck careful (laughs) <laughs> it's like in red text scrolling across my screen at the top i i will say that the two biggest things that were interesting to me as far as the availability of gen 3 pokemon in this update is i am incredibly disappointed that there is no sombrero frog uh that the low tad line is not included in this initial hoen dump uh, because for me they are quite possibly the most iconic pokemon in all of generation 3 uh, I know that I'm probably in the minority there, but I love my my sombrero pineapple frog. He's the best. The the <laughs> most iconic for all the wrong reasons. Yes. <laughs> Easily the most racist Pokemon ever designed, but he's also adorable and lovable, so I don't even really care. Um on the flip side of that, I thought it was really interesting that they included uh the slacking line and their their way of representing slacking's mechanics in game I thought was really interesting. So if you're not familiar with the slacking line of Pokemon, they get an ability in his first stage and his third stage, which is called Truant, which means that he can only attack every other turn. So that's a really big nerf. And he needs that nerf because otherwise his stat totals are insanely high. He gets really powerful moves. Like he would be... One of the most dominant, if not the most dominant Pokemon in Generation 3, if it was not for Truant. So, their way of representing that in Pokemon Go is that his basic attack, his builder, does zero fucking damage. He has Yawn for his basic attack. (laughs) But... But his charge attack is outrageously huge, and he has ridiculous CP. So, again, he just... He hits very seldomly, but when he hits, it's a fucking mountain. So I thought that was really cool. 
Oh, and yeah, Ho-Oh is uh, out in raids right now, too. So if you want to go beat up a Firebird, go go do that. The uh, party mechanic actually seems really interesting. And hopefully that's... So useful. ...going to be used into trainer battles later on and trading. Yeah, I'm well... Just, I'm re- go ahead, Jolly. No, I was just going to say that I'm really just happy in general to see... Pokemon Go adding depth to mechanics at all, ever. Please give depth, Niantic, please. Well, they they have to now, because Draconis Go is, like, poaching their people. I would still... I I know that I'm way far in the minority here, but I would just be so happy. I would play so much more Pokemon Go if they just gave it the actual Pokemon battle system. Just gave it the four fucking moves (sighs) turn-based. I know I'm in the minority. I know that your wife would shit herself if she heard me saying that right now, Mez, but that's how I feel about it. Well, she will hear you say it in, like, two days. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Nancy. Please still love me. That's how I would be with it, too. That's why I don't play Pokemon Go as much, because the battle system, I, I just can't get into it. I, I've never liked mobile design games on that standpoint. I know it's easier for other people, but I, I like complex things, and I know I'm in the minority there. No, I think lots of people like complex things, but you got to remember the audience. These are people who are active, who like to walk around and do shit. They don't want to sit at a gym and go, hmm, what button should I hit now? They want to tap the screen and do active things. <laughs> yeah, again, we're just, we're just not the audience for Go, but I'm glad that the audience for Go has nifty, new, more complex tools to play with, and I'm glad to see that game just legitimately getting better. That makes me happy. Yeah, it's really cool. I still can't believe that the Go community caught 3.38 billion Pokemon in seven days last week. <laughs> yeah, and, and the cartridge community couldn't hit 10. So, I mean, good on the Go community, I guess. You showed us the fuck up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's our Pokemon news for this week. So now let's move on to our content, to our Nuzlocke series. Um, so this was, of course, week four of our Generation two series uh this week it was back to the grind for our adventurers as we investigated rampaging gyarados took on organized crime and challenged two not one but two powerful gym leaders uh now as always messer engine did stream first so mess buddy how was your week in nuzlocke gameplay this week so this week was really interesting to me because we we got to fight really with team rocket seriously for for the first time uh this week and i don't remember gold silver crystal that well because it's been a long freaking time since i played them and i didn't play it as much as a kid as i did red blue yellow so like i was wandering around being like what do, what do i do i think i'm going to like a rage um it was actually really funny trying to find the rocket hideout after doing like a rage was really confusing i was like where the fuck is this I have no clue. There's a whole section of my stream where I'm wandering around being like, I don't know what's up. I think I had to go look it up because I was like, where where the hell is this? They've hidden it too well. And then I was like, oh, it's in that shifty, shifty house. Um, which I had already walked into and commented earlier, this is a fucking shifty house. Um, but before we get into all the fun that we did, there were four encounters on the table this week. Route 42, Route 43, Lake of Rage... And Rocket Hideout, because yes, you can get an Electrode there that nobody wants. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's worth points. So, we really wanted to pick up a Mareep this week, which it was on the table. Uh, and it's available on uh, 42 and 43. So, we decided we're going to go to 42. 
and then see what we got. And then if we didn't get a Mareep, we would do 43. But if we got a Mareep, we would sacrifice 43. And that's what ended up happening. We actually caught a Mareep, and we named it Kamal. Uh, we actually caught it as a Flaffy, which was a, a lower chance encounter, but we got it. Um, so we sacrificed 43. We sacrificed Lake of Rage. We just didn't want that red Gyarados, even though it was very, very tempting. Uh, and we, as stated, nobody wanted an Electrode, so we sacked that for points. So 45 big points from Sacrifices this week, which was super exciting. Uh, Kamal's actually in the bank right now. I just, it's not a great option when Gimlet's rolling around. So uh, we, we may see Kamal later, but for now he's hanging out in the PC with all of our other friends. So we did stop at the Lake of Rage, obviously, and the pressure early here was high because Price, Price's ace is level 31, and that meant we only had one level's worth of room on everybody, and we had to walk through Mount Mortar, we had to get through by some trainers, we had to do the Lake of Rage, and we had to clear the rocket hideout before we could face Price, and we couldn't hit 32. So we... We're being very careful and still fucked it up sometimes. Uh, Lake of Rage was fine. Took down that Gyarados. Um, calmed everybody down. Uh, as mentioned, got lost looking for the rocket hideout. Was super frustrated with myself because you walk by these Persian statues and rocket grunts will run out and fight you. Didn't realize that I could just walk down to the guy guarding the computer for the security system, beat him and turn it off. So I ended up fighting way, way, way more rocket grunts than I should have, uh, which was very bad. Um, but eventually we did turn the security system off, went upstairs, kicked the crap out of rocket grunts till they gave us passwords. It was all pretty uh, easy and straightforward. One of the things that was really scary about the rocket base, and I, I know that both my competitors felt this too, was that at the end, once you've kicked Team Rocket out you have to turn off their their generator or their plant, their uh, where they get their power from. Brain's not working tonight. And it's powered by three electrodes, and you have to take them out, and they all know self-destruct. So we actually brought Casimir with us from the PC this week just so we could switch it in and just absorb those self-destructs, and there was no concern about losing 20 points for unnecessary reasons. Um, by this time, almost everybody in the party was getting pretty close to 31 or was at 31 and it was really fucking scary price we did on hard mode we actually had some shenanigans in his gym fighting trainers and skating around on the ice rink because i am terrible at those types of puzzles and poor celeste is in the chat being like no down go down no no left and i'm just sliding around i if it was a real life situation, I would have looked ridiculous. People would have just been laughing at me. And people wonder why I don't go to the fucking ice rink in real life. Um, <clears throat> but when we fought Price, uh, we, we weren't too scared. We, we should have been. Uh, we didn't come close to wiping, but it was definitely much harder than we anticipated. And MVP was, was definitely Holden, who was almost dead and managed to fight through just blizzards and headbutts and a million other things to, to clear that gym. Good, good for alligator friend, uh, you know, coming through for us. 
So after that, I mean, we healed up and we headed off towards Jasmine. We had already done 98% of the lighthouse last week. So it was just a four level grind. We decided because it was late and because it felt like an unnecessary risk that we were going to do Jasmine on easy mode. We, we got good point leads off of PVP the last couple of weeks and it felt appropriate to use them to lessen our risk, knowing that our competitors would still have to play hard mode on both gyms if they wanted to make ground catching up because we also sacrificed a bunch of encounters. Now, the reasons for this are entirely based off of typings and vulnerabilities. Steel resists a lot, and what it doesn't resist is often super effective, which means that there's a very narrow window of the abilities that you can use and be neutral. One of the main ones is grass, and we don't have any grass Pokemon, as has been iterated here several weeks in a row. Uh, we didn't have a Mojito to run in and do good work or drop a Leech Seed or any of those strategies. Uh, what we did have was a water Pokemon who would get wrecked by the Thunderbolts on her Magnemites. We had a Butterfree, same situation, a uh, Crobat, same situation. Uh, all the ones that are flying would get hurt by uh, the Rock move on her Steelix. Uh, most of the moves that I had on my Pokemon that you know, could actually strike back were super effective. It just, it was a situation, much like Morty, where if things started to go pear-shaped, I wouldn't have a lot of room to navigate through the fight. I would just kind of have to let everybody die. So I was like, nope, we're not going to do that. And we walked in and we used Murtry and it's great fighting moves. It learned Vital Throw right before we went in there to just wreck shit. And it was fantastic, and it was a piece of cake. We took less points, but it was okay, because we're in the lead, and that is the reward we get for being in the lead. And we ended our week with Casimir on the team instead of uh, Gia, our Butterfree. We'll see how that pans out. I felt really conflicted about it, but the mileage that Gia can give us decreases every week of the competition. So we'll, we'll see how it goes, I guess. How fucking good mess does it feel to just bring that Machamp in and just let him flex his shit all over everything that gets in front of him? Oh, it's pretty sweet. Vital Throw is great, too. Uh, I can't wait for Cross Chop. It's going to be so awesome. Well, awesome. I'm I'm glad that you had a good week. I, mostly. Like, I'm also kind of salty because I kind of want you to suffer horrible, horrible deaths and lose those delicious, delicious points that you've worked so hard to earn. Um, but that's that's my uh, my worst instincts talking. Overall, I'm very happy that you had a good week. Um, so I, of course, played second this week. Um, and when I came into this week, it was with an eye towards, okay, something has to change. Because... We've lost to Mess in PvP three weeks in a row. And admittedly, the last two of those three, there have been RNG elements to both of those losses. That's not to take away from the excellent strategies that Mess has employed against me. He earned those wins, but they weren't all superb gameplay. They were also, you know, um, Mess's Espeon getting two flinches in a row on Hurricane. And, and things like that definitely played contributing factors. So... What, what I'm trying to say with that is just that 
I'm not easy meat, I guess. You know, my, my team is capable of beating Mess's team with no changes, but I still felt like looking at possible changes was definitely warranted. Um, so ultimately, I decided coming into this week to make the Hail Mary pass and to pursue a Pokemon that I actually said earlier in the series that I was not going to pursue because of its downsides, but it has so many upsides that I felt like at this point it was warranted despite its rarity. And that is, of course... Heracross, my personal favorite Generation 2 Pokemon. Now, if you're not familiar with Heracross encounter mechanics in Generation 2, um, the way headbutting in Gen 2 games works is on any given route, there are two types of trees. There are the common trees, which is almost all of them, that drop your two, maybe three common encounters. And then there are rare trees, which have a chance to drop a rare Pokemon. Either a Pineco, like Wolfram. Um, so that was a very lucky encounter for us because we picked a rare tree to headbutt Wolfram out of. Um, or, depending on the route, sometimes it's a Heracross. So, routes 42 and 43 both had the opportunity to provide us with a Heracross. They both also had the possibility to provide us with a Spearow or an Apom, neither of whom were already on our dupes table. So even, you know, A, we had to choose the, the rare tree. And B, even if we chose the rare tree, we had to get through those other encounters and hope that we actually encountered the Heracross. So it was a Hail Mary. This was not a certain thing by any means, but we decided we were going to attempt it. Now, I skirted Mount Mortar this week just because I didn't want the EXP inside of there because of, as Mess mentioned, the low uh, EXP ceiling for price. I just surfed over the water outside to get around it. Um... And ultimately, I decided to save Route 42's encounter. And the reason I decided that is because I remember not specifically which tree, but which group of trees I encountered my first ever Heracross on in Route 42. So I considered that to be kind of a a lucky rabbit's foot, a good luck charm. And so I decided that I was going to go pick up our Route 43 encounter, which was probably going to be a Spearow, get that on my dupes table, and then come back to Route 42 to those lucky trees and try my luck, throw the dice. So we went to Route 43, went all sorts of wrong directions, finally found the headbutt trees. Oh, but right before I found the headbutt trees, Mojito leveled up and learned Body Slam by level up. So I had to learn over headbutt. So I had to go all the way back to the PC to get Bumbo the fuck out of the PC. So I had someone who could headbutt. So that was kind of rage inducing. Uh, But I finally got to the headbutt trees on Route 43. I reared back, I hit it, and got a Spearow. So, you know, that was about what we expected, par for the course. Um, I named our Spiro Bronx after yet another cocktail. If you're not aware, all five boroughs of New York City actually have a cocktail named after them. So our Spiro is Bronx. Um, So that was what we expected. That was par for the course. So at that point, we went back to Route 42. We went back to that lucky grove of trees. I picked one. We headbutted it and got a fucking shit monkey. We got an APOM on our first fucking encounter. I hate him forever. I broke naming convention to name him Shit Monkey so that he will always know what I feel about him. And he is at the top of the PC, always judging me every time I go to change my party. So 
I can hardly express how rage-inducing that was. He he ran me out of Pokeballs, too. I caught him on the last ball. He almost fucking got away. And that would have been so much worse. Um, but yeah, no no bug friend. And the, the, the most frustrating part is I continued to headbutt that tree four or five times after Shit Monkey came out and found a fucking Heracross. I picked the right fucking tree and got a Shit Monkey. You know... I gotta say that as somebody who is sitting in your stream, listening to you talk about, you know, how you need a super bug Pokemon, particularly because Nagata is such a pain in the balls, Shitmonkey is best boy to me. I think he's fantastic. uh we 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 do still have a potential chance for a heracross this week and i'm gonna have to strategize pretty heavily because we have chances for heracross on both routes 44 and 45 route 44 we have an opportunity for a lickitung which if we catch a lickitung even though it's a garbage borderline unusual usable pokemon on its own merits Lickitung opens up the possibility of getting Evolution Stones, which would be huge and would greatly open up my options um, going into Kanto. And then Route 45, south of Blackthorn City, has the chance for uh, both Donphan as well as uh, Skarmory. And so those are huge encounters. So I'm not honestly sure... I want to waste either of those encounters on a very slim chance at a super bug. Um, we'll see. I, I, I'm going to have to give that a lot of thought before I stream on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, the, the, the Heracross ship has not entirely sailed, but I'm really salty that it didn't happen <laughs> yet this week. Um, from there, we went and took out our frustrations on the Red Gyarados in the Lake of Rage, where, of course, we just murdered it with a thunder from Hurricane, and that was that. Um, and then we went and took out Team Rocket in their hidden rocket base, which was mostly uneventful. Um, it's always amusing whenever we run into a wild scrotum out there in the world. So we got to listen to him brood about darkness and hating his parents for a little bit and beat up on some gangsters. So that was fun. Um, after that, we took on Price. And I wasn't particularly worried coming into either of the gym leaders this week. Uh, that Spoiler, that turned out not to be the, the best strategy because I pretty severely underestimated at least one of them. But I wasn't concerned going into Price. We did take on the gym hard mode. And the strategy for Price was just to let Sangria do work. We hadn't really had a chance to let Sangria shine in-game since we caught her. So this was going to be her opportunity to just murder everything with Psychic-type moves. And, I mean, she pulled the job off as expected. She had to face a lot of Pokemon that were very bulky on the special side of things in the forms of Seals and Dugongs this week. But still, her massive offensive stats just bowled their way through all of that. She learned Future Sight, which is kind of an interesting offensive option. I don't know how long she'll keep it, but I thought it was fun to play around with for now. And the fact that she knows Recover proved itself to be absolutely enormous. And she just murdered everything that stood in front of her. We earned that cool 50 points. Now, at that point, of course, we had to backtrack to Olivine City and start preparing to take on Jasmine. Um, we did explore the entirety of the, of the lighthouse. Nothing particularly fun or interesting happened there. Um, we got the medicine for the poor sick Ampharos and delivered it back to the lighthouse so that Jasmine would finally do her fucking job and accept our challenge. And at that point, we just did a little bit more streaming on the evening and we called it a night. Um, until we came back to the team on Friday and on Friday, the name of the game was to grind. And that is exactly what we did. Um, so if you're not super familiar, if you haven't played the generation two games or haven't played them in a long time, 
Jasmine has no gym trainers. She has nothing. There is literally nothing new before you face her, whether you face her immediately after Chuck and Cianwood or whether you face her after Price like we did. There's just, there's no new content there. Um, so we spent a lot of time grinding in the grass just north of Olivine City. We also spent a lot of time grinding in the water to the east of Cianwood City just for EXP. Um, we finally hit the mark of level 35 on all of our friends other than Mojito, who we were relying on to do the heavy lifting against Jasmine. Now, I strategize poorly for Jasmine on, on a couple of different points. Um, the first and biggest of those points is I thought she led with her Steelix. She does not. She leads with her Magnemites. And that changed things pretty massively for me. Um, it's actually pretty funny because Chocoboco in my chat actually said right before I challenged uh, Jasmine, when I said that I was going to let Mojito do all the heavy lifting, he was like, yeah, until Mojito gets poisoned from one of the, or not poisoned, but paralyzed from one of those Magnemites. And I just went with it. I should have immediately stopped and said, you know what? You're fucking right. And put a paralyzed cure berry on Mojito. But I fucking didn't. And guess what? Spoiler alert. Mojito got paralyzed by a fucking Magnemite. And that made everything against that Steelix ridiculously more complicated. Um, so the reason I was planning on leaning into Mojito heavily is because Mojito can hit Steelix neutrally with Razor Leaf with a high critical hit chance. Mojito is also very bulky in defense, can use Reflect to further improve that bulk, and can use Synthesis to self-heal. So essentially, I was just counting on Mojito being able to out Steelix the Steelix. And I think that that would have worked very well if Mojito had not been fucking paralyzed. Uh, that threw a wrench in the plan for certain. And I actually wound up with most of my team half dead, getting Steelix asleep, switching into Sangria, praying that that Steelix did not wake up in Iron Tail Sangria, because Sangria would not have ate that shit well at all, and just ice punching it to death for neutral damage. But we pulled it off. Despite the shaky start, we pulled off our encounter with Gym Leader Jasmine with no deaths and a cool additional 50 points from the hard mode rule set. Um, so we're still under mess on the week. We didn't sacrifice quite as many encounters as he did. Um, but the fact that we were able to pull off both hard mode victories with no deaths did narrow that point gap a little bit. So no joke, when I was watching your uh, price fight, I was so frustrated because all those dugongs and seals did to me was headbutt me and they refused to do it to Sangria. Like, the most viable option, they were like, no, we're going to Aura Beam. I was like, no, you fucking stupid seals. Hit it in the <laughs> face with your face. You have a horn. <laughs> and then, unfortunately, evidently, all that negative emotion transferred to Celeste. Yeah, C Celeste is not the best friend of seals and dugongs, but I'll let her tell that particular story. Celeste, how was your gameplay in Nuzlocke this week? So this week started out pretty uneventful. I decided to pull out the only Pokemon that I have not stuck with the naming convention, Lumpy P Space Princess, who was suggested by a friend while watching the stream, um, who is, was my Geodude. And so at level 6, I leveled it up to, i trying to remember, I think 22 or 23 before taking it to go take on the Rocket Hideout. But before that, I had to do deal with the Lake of Rage and basically punch that Gyarados in the face once with Daryl. <laughs> once that was done, I went to the rocket base and basically swept the entire rocket team with my Graveler at that point. 
Because, you know, rock ground just wrecks Team Rocket because they use all poison types pretty much. Um, so the rocket base was uneventful. I turned off the security, so I only had to deal with one security camera in there. Um, the electrodes really weren't much of a issue with the graveler. Um, after that, I had to prepare for a price, and I didn't... I had a, I figured my strategy was fine, and I didn't level everything to 31. I should have done that, because it turns out that one level probably would have made a big difference. I went in, I took out his seal with no issue, I took out his ace with no issue, and then out comes his dugong. And this dugong was hell. Um, it was wrecking my Pokemon left and right. I had to switch out multiple times until the point where I had no option other than to switch back into a my Quagsire, Edgar, my best boy, who was already at 43 health, could take another hit as long as it wasn't a crit. And lo and behold, he gets crit and dies to said dugong. And the reason why this dugong was such a problem is it kept resting, and I couldn't I didn't have anything that could damage it fast enough to to handle that. So after Edgar dies, it was just basically a pear-shaped fight. Um I'm struggling as best I can. Uh, I send out I can't remember the order they died at the moment for some reason, but I send out Strago and Aisha to try to deal with it. Aisha is not the best choice for dealing with a uh, dugong because uh, Coffin has no special defense whatsoever, so ice beams were just hitting really hard. But I had no other option. And then I had to send out Strago, which takes two times damage versus ice beams. And both of them ended up dying, and it was just a bad day. So that left me with three Pokemon dead, and not many options at that point. My Hypno was already really low from getting through all the other fights and then fighting the Dugong. And I sent it back in with, like, uh, I can't remember the number, but it was, like, 29 or 30-something health. He gets hit once, get knocked down to 19 health, and I have no other option, so I have to try to hit the Dugong again. The Dugong uses Ice Beam, hits him down to 3 health, to, and then um, Gogo gets to go again and finally kills that Dugong, obtaining layer, <laughs> legendary status. So Gogo is a legendary member of the team now. There's just no way else around that. He saved me from an entire total party wipe. Oh, I didn't mention uh, Locke was absolutely useless in this fight, even though he's a fire type, because his fire moves were not allowed to be used, and he had a hidden power ghost type move that did not hit whatsoever. <laughs> I think it's under quick attacks damage, so probably a 30 or 20 damage move, and it's just not good. So I, I had a couple of thoughts from, from watching your price fight because it was i think pretty safe to say by far the most entertaining gym battle that any of us had this week it was so um, exciting it it was it was edge of your fucking seat um first of all i just want to say bravo like literally halfway through the thing i was convinced that you were going to have a total party wipe and i was planning how we were going to have a podcast this week and also give you time to catch up playing from the beginning because i thought that's what was going to happen and you turned that fucker around so good on you celeste um I was incredibly sad to see Edgar go down. Like, Edgar was your best boy, and he was your first best boy, and that's special. Uh, that being said, I feel like this was almost karmic retribution. This was 
this was like the final destination of Pokemon where Edgar was paying for that lucky crit that he got against Whitney that prevented you from total party wiping on that fight. Like this was death claiming what should have already been his. Um, at least that's, that's how I see it. That's how I'm rationalizing it personally. Um, I really, really thought that Strago was going to pull that fight around for you when you put that dugong to sleep. I thought that you were going to cut an acid that fucking seal to death. And if you had, I would have given you so much shit if you tried to put that flower in the bank <laughs> in favor of some eggs. Um, it wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. The mob boss was cut down in his prime. The dawn has but, fallen. Yeah, that dugong did not want to sleep at all. Strago came really, really close to pulling that off. Um... And, and yeah, I think that Gogo was just, Gogo was hungry. Like he saw that best boy slide open up and he's like, I'm taking that shit. Um, but <laughs> fucking good on you, Celeste. You earned the shit out of that. That Dugong was your nap time nemesis. It really was. I, I, I swear, if I run into a Dugong in any generation, even though it's a chance to catch it, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might kill it in a blind rage. I, I thought at some point during that fight when it, it was winding down, that your saving grace might have been that you were going to run it out of PP on rest. Because it was getting pretty damn close. Yeah, it rested so much. And I had no answer for it. I think the most infuriating thing about it was that you would get it down to like two hit points. Like you can't even see the red on the bar. And it'd be like, nap time. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> uh, that fight... It was awful, and I, 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 had I leveled my Pokemon one level more, it would have been no issue more than likely. Those two points would have just been gone. I regret that, and I need to learn from that lesson. I thought I learned a lesson last week, but I, I thought I could handle Price. I was not worried about a Dugong wrecking me. I was worried about his ace, and I had a good strategy for his ace. I, I will say, though, in your defense, Celeste, that the flip side of that coin is that if you had leveled too far and then over-leveled something to 32, that that would have been as bad, if not worse, because then you would have been switching out and eating a free hit. So y you didn't make a terrible tactical decision. It just didn't work out for you that time. That's, yeah, I, I, had I not leveled, you know, had I gone in at level 28 or something, I could say that was my fault, but everything was 30. It shouldn't have been that big of a deal, but just bad luck and... I don't know. So there was a there was a moment over the course of the fight where I saw Edgar go down, and as like as your friend, you losing Edgar made me really sad. As your competitor, you you losing Edgar made me really happy, and I cheered. And then you started losing more Pokemon, and I started to feel terrible about myself because I was like, shit, shit, Nez, you are such an asshole. I was, like, so happy with one Pokemon down. Once it hit three, I was like, you are, you are awful, and Karma is going to come back to get you. <laughs> I don't blame you, though. Edgar was going to learn Earthquake this week. Yeah, I wasn't looking forward to that at all. And he would have been very mean to get through. Because not only would he have Earthquake, he hits hard, and is tanky. It was really a big hit to my team to lose Edgar. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sorry that you had to go through that, Celeste, and it's frustrating because, well, no, I think that, like, I'm not going to talk any, about your team composition at all before you have a chance to explain your team composition. So God shut a door on you, and that's really unfortunate, but when God shuts a door, he often opens a window. Did something fly in that window for you this week? Yes, a shiny bird. While grinding after that entire mess, um, 
I, Wednesday night, I believe. Yeah, Wednesday night. I ended up getting a shiny burp on Route 39. Um, I wasn't paying attention. I was just sitting there, and then I hear the noise for shiny. I was like, wait, what? Uh, and then I realize I have to catch and use this bird now. <laughs> and it's going to be great once it's leveled. Um, right now it's a Pidgeotto and has, you know, medium stats and is going to be holding back my team a bit. But it'll still be useful during the battle this week. Um, next week, though, it's going to be awesome. So I have a shiny burb, and it was great. I'm repeating myself, but it's just cool that we've gotten two shinies this run. I've never caught a shiny in my life. That was my first shiny. Well, you, your bird's going to have the opportunity to uh, to see if it lives up to uh, Series 1 Flappy Burb, the, the Pidgeot and Gengar Slayer. <laughs> I, I would have been perfectly happy if neither of you ever had a Pidgeot ever again. I'm I'm not thrilled by this uh, this this series of events, but you know it is what it is. I can't believe that you both got shinies this series. I I legitimately thought that we were being incredibly optimistic when we when we went over shiny claws for this series. Like, yeah, we're talking about this. We're never going to use it. Yeah, this is incredible. It's awesome. Um, and then to go into what I did for my team after losing three Pokemon. So the bird replaced one, um, and I actually leveled more Pokemon than was were needed. I leveled Madeline, my Execute. I leveled, let me double check before I say something wrong. Um, why am I drawing a blank? I leveled Lumpy Space Princess all the way to 35, just in case I'd want to use her, uh, him. But I I decided not to. I leveled my Onyx into a Steelix, which I had to farm for that metal coat and got lucky while doing it. And it didn't take too long. So I have a Steelix, which is awesome. And I'm using that Steelix. And then I'm using Execute. Uh, who else did I level? Why am I forgetting some? Oh, Maria, my Poliwag. I leveled to 35 as well. And Maria and LSP are both on the bench for this week. But they're all 35. So no joke, when uh, Jolly said, did a window open for you, I totally and momentarily forgot entirely about your shiny, and my thought immediately went to your Steelix. And I was like, god damn, that's a big window. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so that's all the Pokemon I caught. Uh, For the, the last fight, Jasmine, I prepared... I went to Goldenrod and bought as many battle items as I could to try to give me the edge. Um, so I led with LSP, my uh, Graveler, and I used a Dire Hit and an X Attack and basically just used Strength to take down those Magnemites. Now, not thinking, Crystal's lineup is slightly different when fighting Gym Leaders because their Ace goes second instead of Blast. And so I got caught off guard by the Steelix coming out after the first Magnemite. So I had to switch in real quick to my Execute, Marie, or, uh, Madeline, um, drop a Reflect, and then drop a Leech Seed, and then switch into my Polyrath, who I had luckily gotten a Waterstone that week, which I didn't mention, sorry. So it would resist Rock and Steel, which was vital to this plan of taking down the Steelix. Once that happened, I used I used uh, X Accuracy and a I believe an X Defend 
and took down Steelix with uh, Hypnosis and then Ice Punches. Once that Steelix was down, I was able to switch into my own Steelix and take down the last Magnemite with just Rage. It went pretty smoothly. Netting me another 50 points and at least worse or lessening the amount of points I have to catch up with. And that was my week. So I know that you said that you made a couple of team decisions for the week that didn't actually make it onto your roster. What What is your roster right now, Celeste? What does your team currently look like? My roster right now, it took a while to think about, um, is my Electrobuzz, my Pidgeotto, my Hypno, my Execute, my Steelix, and my Starter. I wanted to take my Starter off, but it's kind of hard to remove your starter from your team. I'm right there with you. Like I, again, I I talked about this on my stream. I don't think that Mojito is going to stay on the squad through Kanto just because there are just, I already have better options if I'm being completely honest, but there's something emotional about your starter Pokemon. And I don't think I can bring myself to bench my starter before we take on the champion in the elite four. Like, I don't think I have that in me emotionally. And I'm not saying my, (laughs) I'm not saying my starter is bad. It's just Cool Lava ends up stalling out a bit until evolving into Typhlosion, and it doesn't evolve until next week at level 36. I I will say that I think that the theme of your team this week, Celeste, and I talked about this a little bit on my Friday stream, is you you have a ton of Pokemon right now that are going to be ridiculously threatening in the future that just don't have everything they need to be that threat right now. That's exactly it. And so I don't know how PvP is going to go this week at all. All right, guys. Well, that is our gameplay section for this this week. That's how it all went down. And unfortunately, as we, we covered in pretty heavy detail, we did suffer some losses. Specifically, Celeste has suffered some losses. So, Celeste, would you like to take a moment and say a few words for your poor, sweet, dearly departed beloveds? Yeah, it's a sad week. I lost three really good friends. So, Aisha... I had you for a short time. You were going to be great. You were going to do great things. Next week, I believe, you would have been a wheezing and would have been a huge threat to everyone. And I lost you early, and you didn't even get to take out anything with you. You were too slow to explode onto that dugong, and that was my fault. I should have used you a little better in that fight and at least allowed you to take out that dugong instead of just dying to it. Strago, you were a mob boss. You cut everything down. You cut down the first Pidgeotto that I was going to catch. You did not want me to catch it. And then as soon as you died, I got a Pidgeotto that is shiny. I don't know why that would happen. Maybe it came back because you killed it. But you were a great, great Pokemon, and you would have been unfortunately retired, but... You would have been alive in my box at some point. Of course, Jolly would have given me a bunch of crap about keeping you on my team, but it just wouldn't have worked out that way. Now, Edgar, you were my best boy. You were going to be amazing. You were already amazing. And I can't believe I lost you. That hurt. I actually almost, I think I cried a little bit on stream about losing you. (laughs) You've become one of my favorite Pokemon. And that says a lot, because I never really liked the Wooper line before. Goodbye to all of you. Edgar, you were incredibly threatening. You were... uh, 
probably the one Pokemon that either of my competitors are running that I was just jealous of from the moment go because you were big and strong and happy and you were incredibly lovable and even as happy as I am that I don't have to face you this week I still miss you he was awesome and it really sucks to lose him I won't get to neutral surf him this week I'm going to remember that. (laughs) All right, guys. So that was our week in gameplay. But now it's time, of course, for us to hear about yours. Uh, As has been the case for the entirety of Series 2, we've had several listeners playing along with us at home. And this week, one took the time to update us here on the progress of their run. Uh, This week did bring, of course, another message from friend of the show and Messer Engine superfan Pegasus League Live. Uh, Mess, do you want to go ahead and read our message from Pegasus this week? Yeah, let me uh, get to it on the site real quick. Actually, you probably threw it in the show notes because you're you're a boss. <laughs> I did, in fact, put it in the show notes. Oh, where are you? <clears throat> I read it earlier, but I didn't copy it. Uh, let's see. We are professional broadcasters, ladies and gentlemen. Aren't we, though? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just kind of wing things, and I, I need to get better about that. <laughs> See, and you know what? His his letter starts off with the way that I, I feel right now. Shit, I almost forgot. Hope I'm not too late. This is my f- week four status report. My death count has gone down from two to one, which is good, but I'm salty as fuck that my Flaffy died to a fucking kamikaze Voltorb. Pegasus, I feel your pain. Go, I'd say go watch the archives of season one, but you can't. Um, I then filled that slot on my team with the red Gyarados from the Lake of Rage. No trouble with the gyms at all, thankfully. I also hatched up a plan for the future involving Game Corner TMs and a Pokemon that we'll have access to in the future. Stay tuned on that. I'm not super worried about Claire because Nina and Hohenheim both have the cold fists to silence dragons, but we'll see what happens. Pokemon Alive in the Box is at 5. Week 4 deaths were Izumi the Flaffy. Total deaths for the run is 9. The team is currently Mustang the Quilava at level 33, Hohenheim the Alakazam at level 33, Armstrong the Gollum at level 33, Nina the Quagsire at level 33, Sloth the Machamp at level 33, and Wrath the Gyarados at level 33. Awesome. Thank you, Mess. And thank you, Pegasus. Uh, I, I'm very happy that you had an easier run this week. I know that you've had a, a rough couple weeks back to back, although it's a real bummer that you lost your Flaffy. Uh, now, if you are a proud member of the Blastburn Nation and you are playing along at home with us, we do want to hear about it. Be sure to get at us through email or through social media and let us know all about your clutch victories and your crushing defeats so that we can celebrate those highs and mourn those lows right along with you. All right, guys, so that has been our week in Nuzlocke. We have discussed our experiences, we have mourned our dead, and we have celebrated the victories of our friends. It is now, of course, time for us to pit our teams against each other in deadly combat. Now, coming into tonight's showdown, Messer Engine has been dominant through the first three weeks of this competition, smoking all competitors and claiming all available points. But Celeste and I are 
are not about to take that lying down and are certainly looking to claim blood this week. Uh, Messer Engine comes in tonight with a fairly commanding lead and 590 big points. Uh, myself, Jolly by Nature, I am in second with 555 points and Celeste is currently bringing up the rear with 470 points. Now, as always, last week's big winner must defend the stick first and yet again that is messer engine so mess buddy who will you be taking on first this week uh celeste is up this week all right okay guys then here we go Alright guys, so once again, facing off, we do have our good, good friend, the well-oiled machine himself, Messer Engine, leading out with Casimir, his newly evolved Gengar. Uh, On the opposite side, we do have Celeste the Lost looking to avenge her newly fallen comrades, leading out with Daryl, her Electabuzz. Folks, are you ready? Yep. Alright, you may begin. And turn one, uh, Messer Engine not liking what he sees out of Daryl, deciding to pull Casimir back in favor of Jules, his Nitto King. Uh, Daryl, on the other hand, playing more of a support role, decides to lead out with the light screen. And Daryl switching out in favor of Madeline, the Execute. However, Madeline switches into a super effective Shadow Ball from Jules, eating half of its health. And Jules outspeeds and goes back to the Shadow Ball, dealing 49%, getting a lower damage roll, and leaving Madeline with 1% health. Uh, Madeline hits back with the Leech Seed. Jules is Leech Seeded. And Jules hits with the Blizzard, landing and taking Madeline out. Of course, the Leech Seed does not go off as there is no opponent on the other side of the field, so Jules is still sitting pretty at 100% health, and Daryl, the Electabuzz, coming back in for Celeste. Oh, and Daryl outspeeds Jules and goes for the Ice Punch, which is super effective, dealing 44% to Daryl, or to to Jules, I apologize. Jules hits back with Thrash, dealing 38% to Daryl, and then eats Leech Seed damage. Uh, Light Screen did wear off for Celeste. Uh, Daryl then goes back to the Ice Punch, dealing 44% and taking out that strong Nitto King. That Ice Punch TM was a very good pickup for Daryl. Daryl got much more threatening with that good Ice coverage. And Messer Engine going into Nagata, his Espeon. And Nagata outspeeds Daryl and goes for the Bite for 27%, leaving Daryl just in the yellow at 48. Daryl goes back for the Light Screen, setting up against the special attacks of Nagata. And Daryl comes back in favor of Sabin the Steelix, uh, who eats a return from Nagata, only dealing 5% health, resisted and against that bulky defense stat. Nagata coming back out in favor of Holden, 
that good, good for alligator that's been so clutch for Master Engine through the first three weeks. Uh, Holden eating an iron tail on the Switch, dealing 19%. And Sabin coming back in favor of Gogo the Hypno. Gogo eats a Surf on that strong special defense stat on top of the light screen, only dealing 14% damage. And Holden uses Dig, burrowing underground, which avoids the, what would have been super effective Thunder Punch. So that was an excellent play. Um, and the light screen does wear off. Uh, the next turn... Gogo comes out in favor of Celeste. Dig goes off, but of course cannot hit the bird. And Holden goes for the Ice Punch, which is, of course, super effective against Celeste the Pidgeotto. Uh, Celeste instructs Celeste, this is super confusing, <laughs> to use... Yeah, I should have to use, name. To use Return, which deals 29% in Return to Holden. I might have to rename that bird. <laughs> Holden goes back to the ice punch and brings the bird down. Should I probably look at next week? And Daryl the Electaba is coming back out for Celeste. And that's threatening with without jewels, Mess does not have any amazing answers to that strong electric type stab. And Murtry the Machamp coming back out for Messer Engine, eating a Thunder Punch on the Switch for 27%. It was also paralyzed. However, Murtry was holding a paralyzed Cure Berry, so knocked off the paralysis. And Daryl goes for the Dizzy Punch, dealing 19%, and finally... Finally landing that confusion, Murtry also hits itself in confusion, so it is confused and down to 37% health. Daryl's holding her own this time. And Murtry coming back out in favor of Casimir the Gengar. Casimir eating a Thunder Punch on the Switch for 39%. And Casimir goes for the Hypnosis, hoping to land some status on that Electabuzz. Is not successful, however. Eats a second Thunder Punch for 43%. Casimir then goes for the Fire Punch, dealing 35% damage to Daryl, taking him down to red at 13% health. However, Casimir goes down to the third Thunder Punch. And Holden, the Feraligator, coming back out for Messer Engine. And Holden eats a Thunder Punch, which is, of course, super effective, and is enough to bring Holden down all 52% of his health. Trask the Crobat coming out for Messer Engine. Trask probably the only member of Mess's team capable of outspeeding Daryl, and it does outspeed Daryl with Bites taking him down completely. Sabin the Steelix coming out for Celeste. And Mess brings Trask back out in favor of Murtry the Machamp. Uh, Sabin goes for the Rock Throw, which is, of course, not very effective against Murtry, dealing 7%, bringing him down to 30% health. Sabin's still at 95%. And Sabin comes back out in favor of Locke the Quilava. Locke eats a Karate Chop from Murtry on the Switch, which deals 41% to the Quilava. Murtry coming back out in favor of Nagata the Espeon, who eats a Flame Wheel on the Switch for 23% health. Nagata goes for the Bite, dealing 30% and flinching Locke. 
that brutal flinch. Lock goes for the quick attack, hoping to get some damage on Nagata, dealing 14%. Nagata goes back to the bite, and Lock is down. Go-Go, the Hypno, coming out for Celeste. Nagata goes for the bite, which is, of course, super effective, dealing 39%. Gogo, however, going for the Shadow Ball, which is also super effective against Nagata, dealing 56% and leaving Nagata with 7% health. And Gogo coming back out in favor of Sabin the Steelix, who eats a bite on the switch for 13% health. Nagata coming back out in favor of Murtry the Machamp, who eats a Mud Slap on the switch, dealing 10% and lowering accuracy. Sabin goes back to the Mud Slap, lowering accuracy again, dealing another 10%. However, Murtry goes for the Karate Chop and lands it, and it is a crit, a super effective crit for 61% damage against the Steelix. Uh, Murtry does outspeed with the Karate Chop, but this time that loss of accuracy does do its dirty work. Murtry misses and is taken out with the subsequent Mud Slap. And Nagata comes out from Messer Engine using the Bites, dealing 14% on the resistant hit to Sabin, leaving him with a sliver of health at 7%. Sabin returns with the Mud Slap, and down goes Nagata. Messer Engine is down to his best boy, Crobat, Trask. That being said, this is far from a done deal. Trask could still win it all. And Trask does take out Sabin with a return for 7%. It is Trask v. Gogo, one-on-one. Trask is at full health. Gogo is at 47%. However, Gogo does have the ability to hit super effectively. Uh, Trask goes for the Confuse Ray, confusing Gogo. However, Gogo was holding a bitter berry and snaps out of the confusion instantly. Gogo goes for Thunder Punch, which is super effective and hits Trask for 33%. Uh, Trask then goes for Return, dealing 36% to Gogo, leaving him in red with 11% health. Gogo goes back to the Thunder Punch, dealing 34%. And then Trask outspeeds with Return and takes out Gogo. So Messer Engine did win, but holy shit. Trask. Holy shit. That was a good game, Celeste. That was the narrowest match we've had in all of Gen 2, and we've had some really good PvP matches. So that was good fucking game, guys. Good game indeed. Best Boy Trask still pulling out the the, the juice. Yeah, if that crit hadn't happened, I think I would have won that. Oh, well. Yeah, I mean, that was narrow enough that any number of factors would have swung it wide. So, good game, guys. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Good game. All right, well, I mean, as always, loser gives up the sticks. That means it's you and me next, Mess. Celeste, are you ready? Yep. Are you two ready? Yep, let's do it. All right. In the silver corner, we have BBR Jolly leading with Columbia, his skip bloom. Or jump, jump bluff now, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah, is It is a big girl jump luff. That is 100% correct. I apologize. And in the gold corner, we have Mezzer Engine leading with his Casimir, which is that big boy Gengar now. All right, you two may begin. Columbia opens with a Sleep Powder, and Casimir opens with a Hypnosis. Both miss. We're real good at things and stuff. <laughs> yeah, this, this is going swimmingly. <laughs> sleep Powder misses again, and Hypnosis actually hits. You Columbia me. eats a mint berry and wakes up. Sleep powder hits and Casimir eats a mint berry and wakes up. And then hypnosis misses. <laughs> 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 
It is apparently let's miss everything we can today. Yeah, I guess. Now. And Casimir is asleep. Everybody in the house getting sleepy. Casimir is hip with a leech seed. Leech seed does 12% of Casimir's health. Columbia switches out Jump Bluff for his Lantern Hurricane. Casimir wakes up and fire punches Lantern for 3% of its health. And Leech Seed saps some more of Casimir's health. Mesur Engine switches out Casimir for Nagata, his Espeon. And Hurricane uses Rain Dance. Nagata bites Hurricane oh my god. For 19% of its health. That was And then Hurricane getting clutch. angry critically hits Nagata for 89% of its health and paralyzes it. But Nagata eats a paralyzed cure berry and cures its, cures its paralysis. That thunder. Nagata bites Hurricane for 21% of its health and causes a flinch. Nagata bites for 19% of Hurricane's health. And then Hurricane uses Surf and finishes off Nagata. Out comes Casimir again. Casimir uses Nightshade, doing 24% of Hurricane's health. And Hurricane uses Thunder, dealing 56% of Casimir's health. And the rain stops from Rain Dance. Jolly switches back in Columbia. And Casimir uses Nightshade, doing 32% of Columbia's health. And Columbia puts Casimir to sleep. And tries to throw out a Leech Seed and misses. And Casimir is still asleep. Misses again with Leech Seed, <laughs> and Casimir's still asleep. Finally hits with that Leech Seed. Three, char- tri- three tries to charm, right? And some of Casimir's health is uh, leached while it's asleep. Columbia uses Cotton Spore, lowering Casimir's speed. Casimir wakes up and uses Fire Punch, and hits Columbia for 65- 67% of its health, but then Leech Seed finishes Casimir off. And Columbia is left for tw- with 20 per- 20% of its health. Out comes Trask, that very, very angry bat. And Jolly switches in Gimlet, his golem. Trask uses Return and hits Gimlet for 11% of its health. And Mez switches out Trask for his Feraligator, Holden. And Holden takes a magnitude 6 for 19% of its health. And then Mojito comes out instead of uh, Jolly's golem and takes a Ice Punch, which is a critical hit for 53% of its health. I was hoping that was not the direction you went in with that. Mojito uses Razor Leaf, doing 51% of Holden's health. And then Holden uses Ice Punch again, doing 35% of Mojito's health. That really tanky, tanky dinosaur point. Yeah, it's faster than I expected to, unless it's Holden. Quick Claw. And then Razor Leaf finishes off Holden. No, No Quick Claw shenanigans, that's all speed. There's no way that thing's that fucking fast. <laughs> Look at it. Out comes Metri. Mojito puts up a reflect, and then that Machamp finishes off Met- or Mojito with a fire punch. Out comes Columbia. Columbia misses with the sleep powder and takes a fire punch to the face and is gone. Out comes Stormy. Jolly's version of Trask that's shiny. And hits Metri with a Confuse Ray. Metri tries to Vital through a Stormy, but it's not very effective and only takes 40%, or 40, 4, yeah, 4% of itself. I'm good at speaking. <laughs> and then Mezzer Engine switches out for Jules, and Jules is hit with an Attracta on the switch in. And then hit with a Confuse Ray the next turn. 
and it hits itself with confu in confusion for 14% of its health. And the reflect on Jolly's side wears off. Metri switches back in and takes a return for 29% of its health. Metri is confused from a confuse ray from uh, Stormy, and Metri uses strength and hits Stormy for 32% of its health. Stormy then attracts Metri, but confusion wears off, and Metri hits Stormy again with strength for 29% of its health. Stormy confuses Metri again. Metri Always hits itself confused. in confusion. Stormy uses wing attack, hitting Metri for 51% of its health because of that super effective damage. I forgot Metri that a new wing attack now. Metri is immobilized by love, and Metri is down. Out comes Jules, taking a confuse ring. It hits itself in confusion, and then is attracted. It hits itself in confusion again, and then is hit by return for 32% of its health, and is then immobilized by love, and is hit by return again, and that finishes off Jules. It's love all the time. Poor Jules could not do anything. Out comes Trask to fight Stormy. Will there be more love? We'll find out. <laughs> Stormy confuses Trask and Trask... Message is shut down by how sexy my crowbat is. And then Trask is attracted and hits itself in confusion again. Evidently, <laughs> I'm not doing a whole lot. And then Trask finally fights through all that and hits Stormy with a return for 29% of itself, leaving Stormy with a slither of health left. Stormy is confused, but is hits our no. Trask is confused. I apologize, and but fights through it and hits Stormy for the last bit of its health. Out comes Gimlet, Jelly's Golem, to rock throw and finish off Trask. Good game, sir. Good fucking game. That was that was Status Wars. I, I would say I'm sorry to have just manhandled you like that, but after the last three weeks, I'm just fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't take it too seriously. I spent 90% of my time either, like, lusting over you or punching myself in the face. So, whatevs. It happens. It it does. It does indeed. Good fucking game, though. Like, you fought well. It's it's not your fault that my bad is just apparently the sexiest thing on the face of the planet. <laughs> no, no joke. The crit thunder on Nagata pretty much sealed the deal. At the start of the fight. Like, yeah, you, you needed Nagata to be the answer to Hurricane. And when I just took 90% of his health off the top, that did it. Yeah, there was was not going to be any of that happening. And uh, what's its fit? Columbia is just so fucking fast. Oh, shit. It's, it just, it's, it's so nice to get that vindication where it finally came together. So, shit. Good, good fucking game, though, Mess. Good game. I am really su surprised that your Meganium was at all speedy in any way it doesn't just it just doesn't scream speed yeah it, yeah it, it doesn't seem like for alligator would be the slow one of the three johto starters but it is yeah that was just crazy i was like eh i can finish this off it'll be fine and i was like fuck <laughs> all right well i mean that's that's our fight so that means that it is of course me and celeste on the clock so mess are you ready sir i am celeste you need to give him hell hell <laughs> so Celeste Loss is leading with Locke, her Quilava, who is looking for an area of redemption this week after, you know, hidden power and ghosting things for small amounts of damage. On the other side, Birar Jolly leads with his traditional pick, Columbia, that jump pluff, which is so good at setting status and leech seeding and not much else. 
Are you two ready? I am. Let's do it. You may begin. Columbia opens up with sleep powder, dropping Locke into a deep, deep slumber. Celeste switches into Gogo, who comes into a leech sleep from Columbia, but it does not hit. Gogo is now paralyzed uh, from Columbia, but Gogo is having none of that. Ice punches bring Columbia down to 25%. Jolly switches into Mojito, who also switches into an ice punch, oh. brings oh, it wow. down to 71%, <laughs> freezes it, and then ice buries the unexpected status berry, and it is once again thawed out. No, no, I'm sorry. To clarify, that was not an iceberry. I just legitimately thawed out of freeze on turn one. Did you seriously? That yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I got uh, it wrong. I I would not have thought that that would happen. I was like, shit, man. Jolly planning for the ice. That would have man. Been so that was much. some forward thinking. But wow, yeah. That's that's some awesome luck you have, Jolly. That's really good. Ah, uh, that is that. Wow. <laughs> Mojito yeah. not having any of that ice. Mojito drops reflect, gets hit by another ice punch, going down to forty three percent. Jolly switches into Hurricane and Gogo is paralyzed. Celeste switches into Madeline, her execute. Get those eggs, and Hurricane does the rain dance, bringing the rain. Out comes Sangria for Jolly, and it doesn't get stunned by that stun spore from Madeline, which is disappointing since Paralyzation really removes a lot of the threat from Alakazam. Sangria! <laughs> Sangria Ice punches Madeline down to 1%, but it is returned by the freaking stun spore from those eggs. Madeline drops a leech seed on Sangria. And Sangria uses Future Sight. Madeline uses Reflect, and Sangria is paralyzed. Leech Seed slowly draining away Sangria's health at 77%. Madeline back up to 25%. Madeline uses Confusion, brings Sangria to 47%. <laughs> Sangria returns with, uh, holy crap, uh, was paralyzed, and then it took the Future Sight damage from Sangria. And Madeline is down. You know, I was really hoping to have those eggs dead so that future sight damage would hit something important. But that's okay too, I guess. Celeste sends out Daryl, uh, her Electabuzz, against that paralyzed Alakazam. A Thunder Punch brings Sangria down to 8%, and the Leech Seed finishes it the fuck off, and Daryl is victorious, standing over Sangria's corpse. Out comes Columbia for Jolly, uh, drops that stun spore immediately, paralyzes Daryl, but Daryl returns with the ice punch and drops Columbia. That was a solid paralyzation. Gimlet has arrived uh, for Jolly to face off against Daryl. It uses a magnitude 6, uh. bringing Daryl to 58%. The paralysis kicks in, and Daryl isn't able to return fire. Another magnitude 6 from Gimlet drops Daryl. That clutch paralysis. Alright. This Out is going to be a gamble. Seven, uh, the Steelix for Celeste to face off against Gimlet. 
that magnitude might be an issue. It is the battle of Pokemon I have nightmares about. Mojito comes back out for Jolly, but gets hit with a critical Iron Tail from Sabin and drops it. Exactly what he was trying to avoid when fighting Jasmine this week. Stormy comes out for Jolly. Celeste sends out Celeste, the Pidgeotto, uh, but it comes out into a Confuse Ray and is confused. Return from Stormy brings Celeste down to 49%. A return, return, a return, return to Stormy brings it down to 66%. Celeste punches herself in the face and Stormy finishes it off with a return. The sleeping lock is back into play, taking a nap on the job. Jolly sends out Hurricane just as Lock wakes up. A critical fire blast actually hits Hurricane for 60%. Or for 40%, bringing it down to 60%. A swap out into Gogo for Celeste is met with more rain by Hurricane. All it likes to do is dance, dance, dance. Gogo takes a 60% thunder but returns the hit with Shadow Ball, bringing Hurricane down to 41% and then 24% when it uh, lands a confusion. Hurricane thunders one last time and brings Gogo down. Out comes Lock to face off against Hurricane. Hurricane uses Surf and one shots Lock. Out comes Savin the Steelix. Another surf from Hurricane brings Savin down to 12%. A mud slap return brings Hurricane's accuracy down, but it is not enough to win the day. The winner is Jolly by Nature. Good game, Celeste. Good game. That is that is easily and, and I, I <laughs> that is easily the best showing that you've made in PvP so far, Celeste. It's probably frustrating to put forward such a good showing and still come out winless, but goddamn, you made us work for it this week. So good job. It's only going to get worse from here for you guys. Yeah, exactly. Like your your Steelix, your Pidgeot, several members of your team are going to be insanely more threatening every week for several weeks to come. Um, your your starter, for that matter, evolves. So yeah, like we 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 definitely cannot sleep on Celeste at this point. Um, so all right, guys, that was our PvP showdown. So with that, I have picked up fifty big PvP points this week, which brings me up to a total of six oh five. That is not going to be enough to unseat Messer Engine. However, he did pick up the remaining twenty five, which brings him up to six fifteen. So we are neck and neck in first and second. Celeste is still bringing up the rear with four seventy. However, that team is only going to get more threatening with time, and there is still plenty of game left to play. How you feeling, guys? I'm really happy with how I how how I did versus uh both of you, honestly. Um, I had some very bad luck. I I don't know. I, I mean I obviously this is my first loss of the season, so there's there's that to take into account. I'm obviously not gonna feel super good about that. Uh but right now I'm in a position where I have a slot that I am struggling to figure out how to fill properly, and that's Gia's spot. Um I felt keenly the loss of Stun Spore this week. Paralyzation has been pretty clutch uh, for me uh, during the last three weeks. But realistically, like I said, the stats on Butterfree are like abysmal 
this late in the game. And, I mean, she doesn't hold a candle to Columbia at all. Not even close. Um, and my alternatives for status, because I don't have a grass type, are uh, Casimir, who I used today, but Hypnosis is not a sure thing by any means, but is still a good special attacker, so it makes up in that area. Or Kamal are Flaffy. Ampharos is a really good Pokemon. The problem that I run into is that coverage-wise, Kamal can learn Fire Punch and everything else is electric. And Thunder Wave won't status, obviously, a, a Golem. So whenever uh, Kamal comes out, Jolly's just going to switch in to Gimlet. And it's going to be a waste. I mean, he's going to force a switch. I lived this, like, last year <laughs> um, with the Nitto that he used in the final. Bringing back, what was it, Rumplement? Yep. To just fuck up my Jolteon. So I'm keenly aware of the Jolly strategy on the nature of electric Pokemon. Uh, so I don't know what to put in that slot. But I have a sixth slot that I know I need to figure out a solution for. Either a really good special wall would also be appropriate if I can't deal with status. Um, but I don't know what I'm going to put there. And this week's fights definitely highlighted that. Casimir, while good, is not going to help me on the status situation. And so long as that situation is going on, uh, particularly against Jolly, like I, I need to have an answer there. Yeah, I, I gotta say, I really, really hope that you don't get your hands on a fucking Blissey once we get to Kanto. That would be highly unfortunate for me. Um, no, I, I... It was really, really nice to see this team click. Like, again, I didn't wind up making any team moves this week. This is the same team that has lost very narrow losses for several weeks. So it was incredibly gratifying to have it all come together and just be able to to whip a little bit of ass. Um, I'm not going to get complacent on that because this is the same team that's been narrowly losing for the last two weeks. So again, I may have beat your ass this week mess, but I know that you're no easy meat. Um, You could very easily come back and spank me next week, but for now I'm pleased. The question that I have to answer tomorrow is do I, Easy mode Claire, which is by far one of the most threatening gym leaders that we've dealt with. I mean, the T-Bolt coverage and the Surf coverage on her Pokemon, not to mention her Kingdra, are is, is serious business and just tempt you with the hard mode so that you can get ahead and risk losing good, good friends. Or do I uh, go in there and do my best to get through it and hope that I get through it without any deaths? I mean, that's that's definitely the question. So, yeah, let's go ahead and look forward to our next week in Nuzlocke. Um, now, this week, our hosts do have a ton of important work ahead of them as the dastardly Team Rocket is making their grab for power. Uh, first, we'll be headed back to Goldenrod City, where Rocket Grunts are everywhere, and the gangsters are broadcasting a message, hoping to reach their villainous leader, Giovanni. Uh, we'll have to reach the top and shut them down at all costs. Uh, once Team Rocket has been defeated yet again, we will be headed back to 
to Mahogany Town, where this time we will head east through Route 44 and the Ice Path, those good ice puzzles that Messer Engine loves so dearly, um, all the way to Blackthorn City. Uh, once there, we'll have our chance to take on the beautiful Claire and her powerful Dragon-type Pokemon for our eighth and final Johto Gym Badge. However, Claire will not be content with just our victory over her in battle, and we will need to explore the Dragon's Den as well to satisfy her and earn that badge. And our level limit for this week, folks, is going to be 40. Um, so Celeste Mess, how do you feel coming into this week of gameplay? Um, I'm really not looking forward to fighting Claire. Like, my solutions to dealing with the Thunderbolt problem are highly vulnerable to Surf, especially on a Pokemon with decent special. Um, and, you know, Dragonair, while not Dragonite, is still no slouch. So that's a little worrying. Uh, Kingdra has no weaknesses in Gen 2, so that's not great. Um, I'm a little nervous, honestly. I was really hoping, though completely unrealistic to do it four weeks in a row, I can't even believe I made it three, to pull in 50 points so I could like literally just coast and be like, fuck it, we're just going, we're going to cruise through this and be good, but we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see what we're going to do, we'll see how it goes. But Team Rocket, we're not scared of those fuckers. <laughs> how about you, Celeste? How are you feeling about our gameplay leg this week? So... Team Rocket is not scary at all. It's going to be super easy. Um, as far as the routes that we have, I've lost too many Pokemon to try to sacrifice stuff at this point. There's too many good Pokemon for me to completely ignore on what we can get. So I'm going to have to try to make up with Hard Mode Claire. And I don't even know if I can do that. Because... Not only do they have Surf and Thunderbolt, they also have Thunder Wave, and Paralysis is no joke. Oh, you're not wrong. When you can't use items to heal it off, Paralysis is no joke. Mm-hmm. And one one bad Paralysis, and then you could just basically TP, TPW. And then that Stab Surf from that Kingdra is going to be an issue, too. Honestly, I kind of hope it uses Hyper Beam and just takes away a turn so i can kill it but again that'll all play out this week yeah i i hear you there um i'm hyped for this week because there are a lot of really interesting encounters on the table okay so yeah so it's it's really interesting because these are actually the last batch of routes that we have the ability to sacrifice you know next week when we move on to victory road in the elite four all the new routes we'll be exploring there are technically a part of kanto um, and we didn't give ourselves that option just because there is so much of the Kanto region to explore, and so many of those routes are frankly inconsequential at that late stage of the game, that it would have taken something away from the meaningful gameplay decision of sacrificing. So this is it. If you want to sacrifice encounters for points, this is literally your last chance to do so. And every route that we have access to this week has some very meaningful encounters on it. So that's not just an easy check mark on a box, other than possibly... Blackthorn City. That one might be kind of an easy decision, but all the rest of them are are going to be pretty pretty tough. Um, I, <laughs> I I hope that you guys aren't jinxing yourselves by sleeping on Team Rocket so hard. Like 
there still might be the occasional threatening trainer in there. The admins themselves, at least, might be a little bit threatening. We'll see, I suppose. Claire is definitely threatening. Uh, there's no question there. None to be had. Um, which, actually, it kind of concerns me because Mess is the only one among us. Mess, you didn't sacrifice your world, your world Islands encounter, did you? I did not. So Mess is the only one among us who has the potential to run their own Kingra. So that's terrifying. Um, and I got a Krabby, so I can guarantee that shit so long as I don't get it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, let's just hope you get five dupes and we don't have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, all the fucking crabs. Just buckets of crabs. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm not I'm not looking forward to facing Kingra this week. I'm not looking forward to the possibility of having to face a Kingra every goddamn week. Um <laughs> but we'll see how that goes, I suppose. Um yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting. I would be very surprised if we all pull, pull a flawless week this week. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm worried about. It felt really good not to lose anything this week. <sighs> well, all right guys, so that is that is our show for the week. So as always, we do want to look forward to our next week of streaming and let all of you folks listening at home know when and where you can find us streaming live on Twitch if you want to catch those live. Um, now, Mess, as always, you will be streaming first this week, correct? When can our listeners catch you live on Twitch? I will be on Twitch uh, at our, my normal time, so 6 p.m. on Sunday the 10th at twitch.tv slash engine usually till about 11 or 12 and as we're only doing one gym leader this week if we finish up i will be back on monday evening at 8 p.m eastern at the same same bat channel uh not finishing up our randomized run but we're getting close uh we're, we're wrapping up the remaining gyms and then it's off to the elite four so make sure to tune in for that Awesome mess, thanks. Um, now, as always, I have been Jolly by Nature, and you can always catch me streaming my Blastburn Radio content on Tuesday evenings at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash jollybynature. My second stream day is Friday, so assuming that there is still content to take care of from this week, we will be streaming it on Friday. Uh, if not, for some reason, then we'll just have to find something else to stream, but you can most likely expect to find me streaming both days. Um, once again at 9 p.m. Eastern. Um, so Celeste, that of course, as always, makes you third up to bat. So when can our listeners find you live on Twitch? Be Wednesday evenings at 6 p.m. And if there is a second night, it'll be Thursday evening at 6 p.m. as well. And those were both at twitch.tv slash Lost. And even if I do not have a, a part of the Nuzlocke stream on Thursday, I'll be streaming something. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Celeste. Uh, now, as always, listeners at home, we do want your emails. We want to hear from you. Uh, whether you're playing along with us at home like Pegasus, whether you're doing your own super awesome challenge run and you just want to talk about it, or if you just want to give us your thoughts and feelings on the show and what we're doing, uh, please send us your emails to blastburnradio at gmail.com or get at us on social media on Facebook or on Twitter at blastburnradio. Um, now, as always, I do want to thank our host for joining us. Uh, Celeste, where can our listeners find you online on social media? So it would be at Twitter at Celeste, uh, can't speak, at Celeste Lost. Okay, awesome. Thanks, Celeste. And Mess, if our listeners want to contact you or if they want to check out uh, Mythic Portal Games or any of your other projects, where can they find you online? 
You can always find me personally on Twitter at Mezzer Engine. If you want to check out Mythic Portal or the new uh, partnership we have with Power VTT, make sure to check us out uh, at Mythic Portal on Twitter, Mythic Portal Games on Facebook, or go just check out Power VTT's site at. Let me get the URL for you. Do do do. At www.poweredvtt.com. Awesome. Thank you, Mess. Uh, now, once again, I have been Jolly by Nature, and you can find me streaming on Twitch when I am streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash jollybynature. If you want to reach out to me or just see what I'm up to, you can follow me personally on Twitter at bbrjolly or follow the show on Twitter or Facebook, and we'll be sure to keep you up to date on what all of our hosts are up to. Um, now, as always, I do want to thank everyone for joining us and listening to the show today. As always, I want to give a very special thank you to my co-host, Messer Engine and Celeste. For Blastburn Radio, I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you next week, folks. Yep, see you next week. Blastburn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Celeste the Lost, and Messer Engine. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy. Check out this and other video game remixes at ocremix.org. Battle and closing music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out all of her great tracks at soundcloud.com slash glitchxcity. Design work and stream assets provided by Rachel Mondragon. Check out her portfolio or contact her for commissions at rachelmondragon.com. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content.